Should you tune in to the CW's Frequency? Welcome to the TV-holic previews, where we help you find the prime in prime time by checking out new shows and letting you know ahead of time which ones are worth watching. I'm Jason the TV-holic, and on this episode we are taking a look at the CW's new mystery drama, Frequency, which follows Detective Ramey Sullivan, who is sort of followed in her father's footsteps while trying to prove that she is nothing actually like him. As the story goes, 20 years ago, her father left her and her mother to go deep undercover where he went bad and ultimately ended up dead. These days, she can barely bring herself to even talk about him with her boyfriend or even her closest friend from childhood. But as you might expect, that might not be what really happened. In the present, after a storm, all of a sudden she is somehow able to talk to her father back in 1996 through the use of his old, thought-to-be-long-broken ham radio. After some confusion, Raimi tells him what happened to him, and he ends up using that to survive the night that he was killed. But this, as you might also expect, brings about big changes in present day. Now separated in time by two decades, they will try to use this to be able to fix things without hurting those around them. It is executive produced and written by Jeremy Carver, who was a co-creator as well as an executive producer and writer on Sci-Fi's Being Human, and also an executive producer and writer on The CW's Supernatural. Also an executive producer and co-writing the pilot episode is Toby Emmerich, who is the producer and writer of the film on which this idea is derived. And has also been an executive producer on such things as the Hobbit movies, the Rush Hour movies, the Sex in the City movies, and many others. John Rickard is also an executive producer. He's been a producer on the Horrible Bosses movies, among others. Dan Lin also serves as an executive producer. He is presently an executive producer on Fox's Lethal Weapon, as well as has been a producer on the Sherlock Holmes movies. And lastly, Jennifer Gwartz is an executive producer as well, also working as an executive producer on Fox's Lethal Weapon, and previously has been an executive producer on ABC's short-lived Cupid reboot, as well as the sadly one-and-done Forever, and also was a co-executive producer on UPN's Veronica Mars. It stars Peyton List as Detective Ramey Sullivan. You may have seen her in the short-lived Blood and Oil on ABC as Emma, or you may have seen her on the CW's Flash as Captain Cold's sister, Lisa Snart. She was also previously on AMC's Mad Men, playing Jane, and spent quite a bit of time playing Lucy Montgomery on CBS's As the World Turns. But the role I know her most from is the one year of The Tomorrow People on The CW, where she played Kara. Riley Smith plays her father, Officer Frank Sullivan. He most recently was seen as Marcus Keene on ABC's Nashville and previously played Mark on the short-lived The Messengers on The CW. Mackay Pfeiffer plays Lieutenant Satch Reyna, who is Raimi's boss in present day and was her father's partner back in the past. Previously, he was Rex on Starz's Torchwood, Agent Reynolds in Fox's Lie to Me, 
and spent uh, quite a few years as Dr. Pratt on NBC's ER. Devin Kelly plays Raimi's mother, Julie Sullivan. She was Dr. Maggie Langston on ABC's Resurrection. Lenny Jacobson plays Raimi's longtime childhood friend, Gordo. He played Ben on Comedy Central's Big Time in Hollywood, Florida, and was the uh, pot-smoking ambulance driver, Lenny, on Showtime's Nurse Jackie. Daniel Bonjour plays Raimi's boyfriend, Daniel Lawrence. He was in a few episodes of AMC's The Walking Dead as Aiden Monroe. Anthony Ruivivar? I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name. He plays Frank's handler, Detective Stan Moreno, back in the past, and now in the present is the deputy chief. Most recently, you may have seen him as Sheriff Acosta on MTV's Scream, the series, or before that as Alex Longshadow on Cinemax's Banshee, or a while back as Carlos Nieto on NBC's Third Watch. I have to say, I, I really like a lot of the cast, and I really liked this pilot. I like things in this genre. I like things that have this serialized procedural nature to them, although this one may lean more to the serialized side of things, even though I'm sure we'll get some cases of the week that she's working on as we play out these bigger stories that are surrounding her father and those around her or this big serial killer case that they set up. Right now, there seems to be a rash of time travel shows. There's going to be, I think, four on the broadcast networks. And then we have lots of other things like the Fantastic 12 Monkeys on sci-fi and other shows on the cable side of things. But what I like about this one is that while it's in that time travel genre, there's nobody physically traveling back in time or forward in time. It's just this freak of nature accident that happens that creates some sort of link using the family's ham radio that allows somebody to talk to somebody in the past, but not like they can necessarily tune into any specific time in the past other than basically the same day and time 20 years earlier. So that also creates a different way in which things work is once, once you've done it, you can't then now try and go back to that day and do it over again. You can only start from where you are now. And so that leaves an interesting thing in there for the story going forward of how time travel works. As I mentioned, the cast is good. The surrounding cast is made up of some really good actors with the minor problem of the aging up or down of some of the characters doesn't necessarily work that great as they try and have the same actor playing the role 20 years ago and now. But going forward, I think there's a lot of mystery to solve, even though we may, as the audience, know some of it already. But ultimately, I think this is an interesting framework from which to tell stories in. And it's already got me thinking of like how things could go and where things could go. Questions that I have, like, since she can remember both timelines, how could that ultimately end up affecting her if they change things a lot or if they change things multiple times and there are big changes 
how will that affect her going forward if she can remember all these different things? And how can they try and fix things if they do something wrong when, like I said, that they can only go back to 20 years previous? So once something has been changed in the past, it's changed. They can only work from that point forward. And I think that creates some interesting boundaries around the stories that they can tell and how things will go moving forward. But ultimately, I really enjoyed the pilot. I thought it looked really good, given sort of the atmosphere of the show. I think it actually fits in well being paired up with Arrow on the night for a two-hour block. Not that people necessarily watch TV that way anymore, but I think that one does sort of fit. But ultimately, I look forward to uh, checking out more of the show. It's already on my watch list, unless it were to you know completely fall off the table in the coming episodes. But it'll make it that I'm now watching almost all of the CW's lineup, where everything they're airing this fall, I'll be watching 9 out of 10 as of right now. So that's pretty interesting in its own, in that the number of really good shows that the CW has these days. Frequency premieres Wednesday, October 5th on the CW following Arrow. We'll have links to the official site as well as be posting the trailer in the show notes at the tvholic.com slash preview slash frequency, where you can also find all the different ways that you can subscribe to the podcast. But I'd be very interested in knowing, are you going to be checking out CW's Frequency? Is this a show that sounds like something you'll be wanting to watch? Let me know in the comments or hit me up on Twitter at the TVholic. And until next time, this has been the TV Holic Previews, Frequency.